Santa Cruz Coffee Break, a special podcast series brought to you through the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum, a place on the web where guitar players can comfortably get together and enjoy their love of great music, great players, and of course, great Santa Cruz Guitar Company guitars. Find us on the web at santacruzguitarplayers.com. Should you want to reach Santa Cruz Guitar Company, their web address is santacruzguitar.com. Santa Cruz Coffee Break is completely informal, and if you have ideas of topics you'd like to hear Richard Hoover express his thoughts on, please join us on the forum and send us a message. Please also note that all the opinions are those of the speakers and do not reflect the official positions of Santa Cruz Guitar Company, its employees, or its dealers. With all that out of the way, let's get on to this month's Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Okay. So welcome to the third in our Santa Cruz Coffee Break podcasts, uh, magic number three. Wonderful. Uh, we are in the offices of Santa Cruz Guitar with uh, Mr. Newman uh, on the headphones, uh, myself, Tad, and uh, Mr. Hoover, our star luthier that we are here to, to learn and have fun with. How are you, Richard? Good morning, Maestro. This is always a pleasure. I look forward to this um, for at least three weeks in advance. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. So um, let's start off with, is there any, you know, anything new at the shop? Anything new happening? Or? Well, we're, we're, uh, we're like kind of towards the end of our guest season. Between May and September, um, people come, really, we get visitors from around the world and people are on their way between uh, LA and San Francisco or um, uh, Las Vegas and, and uh, Carmel. And uh, we do a lot of tours uh, uh, twice a week. And then we have people, of course, just stop in. And uh, actually some old friends that just had some time off that come through. So this last week has been power packed and, and really, really um, uh, gratifying. And I have guitars to make and things to manage. But luckily, I've got such great support in the team. I can also hang out with people that come through. And uh, in, in this last week, uh, I uh, gave a tour to an um, a engineer from Tesla, who's uh, high up enough that I got an invite to go there and poke around. Ooh. And that was kind of the, actually the theme of the week is uh, enabling my curiosity. And I think one of the things that really serves us the best is being curious about not only how guitars work, but other things work. And though we run into stuff that's hugely beneficial that we wouldn't have thought of. So, you know? so maybe so we'll see a Santa Cruz guitar we'll that goes see, from we'll, zero to Yeah, we're going to see what Tesla seconds. has to offer uh, with that. Um, I, uh, I spent the last three days with uh, Joe Glazer, who uh, uh, most people playing guitar don't need an introduction, but Joe is... Um, uh, the most gifted uh, uh, guitar technician, uh, uh, analyst, and so forth uh, that we have in the world. He's also a partner in the Plec machine, and he officially was out here to do a five-year service on the Plec. But in the meantime, we got a, a, a chance to really talk guitars in depth. He's been in uh, uh, most major companies in the world doing consultation. In fact, we've done some of that together. I took him to Bulgaria to Cremona Guitars to, uh, to work together. So, of course, he was here. We consulted us and talked about um, challenges that we're up against. We're involved, as you guys know, in uh, a couple of programs that are really substantial. 
uh, we have our parabolic tension strings we've had out for a few years, but we're extending that line and coming up with um, a 12-string set, a dadgad set, and actually some others beyond that. And uh, the nature of anything we're refining as we go. So uh, different contributors to that. Joe certainly won because the pluck machine is based on the geometry of string movement. Uh, I mentioned the graduate student from Stanford that's giving us access to some tools that you wouldn't dream of owning uh, to measure vibration and so forth. So rather than, than delve into those, which I'd be happy to and spend your whole time, uh, we also have um, Mr. Teeter Dong from China right now. I think he's from Qingdao. And he's uh, here under the auspices of our distributor in China. He's really well known there as a, a technician, guitar repairman, and uh, a diagnostician. And he's here to learn our methodology. So we have not only somebody in China that knows well how to take care of guitars, uh, but somebody that can also represent us and our, our philosophies and so forth. Um, uh, that's going to go on for a month. And uh, uh, that's fun. Not only do I get to show them guitars, but we'll do some bonding exercises and go to the redwoods and oh, yeah. poke around with that. And we're three days into that. That looks really, really promising. So that means all of our Chinese Santa Cruz players will have a, a technician locally, so to speak? Yeah, the, you know, the evolution over there has been astounding and rapid. Um, uh, you know, just in recent memory, it seems like our guitars out of China were pretty laughable and uh, annoying and in the way. And uh, today there's some really nice stuff being made, but also the sophistication of players, the technical aspects of it. So our guitars are, um, uh, there's nothing fragile about them. In fact, they're more durable than a lot of instruments. But to, to keep everything right, you need adjustments. You need that, and things can happen. Yeah. You know, uh, airline handling, domestic disputes, God knows what. Yeah. You know, and we need somebody over there to really take care of things. Domestic airline disputes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which we read on the news all the time and yeah. usually involve a guitar. But we also had uh, a few, you know, more than a few guitar players come through. Two uh, really well-known endorsers of other brands uh, that finally got around to realizing, you know, that, that Santa Cruz would be a really good thing for them to have. And that's, it, it's really actually not a delicate negotiation. I'm really clear on the, uh, the ethics of that. I explained to uh, people that I would never dream of asking somebody else's uh, significant other out on a date, and I wouldn't dream of uh, interfering with your relationship with another company. But that doesn't mean we're not happy to make an instrument for you. Um, uh, because uh, we make a custom instrument for somebody that's really well known with another brand, it can't hurt. Yeah, you know, well, that's a great one. That's something I think we will probably talk to talk about a little more when we get into the custom instrument uh, section of this, uh, because you know how artists become Santa Cruz artists and their relationship with you is kind of interesting. I know a lot of other companies give guitars away, and you don't. So when somebody picks up one of your guitars and says, "I really like it," it's because they really like it. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> that that is um, that's really true. And it's not, you know, it's not a point of pride uh, that we do that as a program. Uh, the size that we are, I calculated once for us to give a guitar away, the equivalent for uh, maybe Taylor would be about 247 guitars, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's just, you know, it would knock a big hole in any promotional budget that we might have to do that. It's not necessary for us. And one guest you did mention who I think I just met, you know, half hour before we did this podcast was a, a local surfboard maker. 
And you know, you talk a lot about your sustainable woods and sustainable. Um, the bottom line is, is when you're done and you have scraps, they go on to other artisans who create other beautiful things. And then those artisans take their scraps and give them to other people, which is, you know, in the shop here, you'll see jewelry, you'll see, you know, surfboards, you'll see all these <laughs> wonderful things yeah. oh, that great. come about mm -hmm. as a result of your dedication to this kind of sustainability and, and preservation of these beautiful materials. And, and I thought that was very, very cool. So that's I very sweet, it, isn't it? As you know, we're getting materials uh, that are uh, responsibly harvested, reclaimed, sustainably grown. That story is attractive beyond making the guitar. And uh, as you said, yeah, we, we uh, surfboard fin makers, uh, Mark Tyne that makes beautiful uh, laminated surfboards uh, as a, a Ventana brand. And uh, boy, that's gratifying. And as you heard today, he gives his scraps to somebody that makes uh, a jewelry and, and other components. So we're looking for somebody that wants the sawdust. Now I'll have the circle go, com yeah. complete here. Now Carolyn Sills, you know, who uh, many, many people know from their interactions with us, uh, has a brilliant program whereby somebody getting a custom guitar for us can also get their offcuts made into something that really kind of expands the thrill of acquisition, oh, something that goes with the guitar, that's with the same woods that the guitar was made out of, and, and the same beautiful story with that. Is, is this so. new? Have we introduced this yet, Carolyn? People uh, having artistic things made out of their offcuts? We have, yes. Yeah, good. So oh, that's excellent. available and First people can find... Yeah, okay. Oh. Uh, people can find that online. Mm -hmm. Uh, SantaCruzGuitar.com. Yeah, we're about to get some sample photos of, of things we're making since we just started. Ah, see, that, that's it. If there are yeah. photos, I probably didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, you know, I joke that I have a wood problem. And I do, you know. Um, uh, I can quit any time I want. I just like the smell. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, I, I, as I've said, I, I hold the wood in reverence. I respect uh, uh, where it came from, uh, what it represents. And I really want that to spread that message to other people uh, that we pay attention to the woods and I want to invite people to enjoy that as well. Well that's why it was exciting on. to meet this gentleman and, and you know how he uses your quote-unquote waste to mm -hmm. create more beautiful things as opposed to other companies where that waste basically becomes boiler fuel or you know something along those lines. Yeah so. it's, it's I don't cast any judgment on them uh, because as we talked about before um, uh, inexpensive guitars uh, allow people to make more music and it makes the world a better place. I told you what cheap yeah. guitars mean to me. I'm having my 47th anniversary uh, <laughs> here in a few months and that's, I blame a cheap guitar on that, uh, you know, that introduction. So wood's fun, you know, okay. and, and we'll continue on that. So thanks for well, asking that. That's, it's, so it sounds like we have some great topics for some upcoming podcasts and, and may I just say on a personal note that as you're working on these strings, all I need is a low A string that I can add to a set of medium tension Santa Cruz's for my baritone. So. <laughs> well, you know what? I didn't mention, maybe I didn't mention the baritone in our, uh, I'm gonna call it line extensions. Uh, let me put it like this. Uh, the world does not need a new brand of strings. Uh, there's plenty of choices in strings and there's plenty of ways to get an economical uh, string for your guitar. But, I, but we're bringing strings into the range that the violin player enjoys when they get strings for their instrument. 
uh, we're trained to pay 10 to 15 bucks retail for strings. A violin player would pay $120 for four strings. Uh, not because they're not prudent in buyers. Yeah. They demand something much, much higher quality, and companies will make something to fit that. And that hasn't happened with guitar strings, so we're left to design that ourselves and have, uh, you know, at this point, three different manufacturers put those together. So same with a baritone. We make a baritone that we take deadly seriously, and it's a beautiful piano-like instrument. Using conventional strings on it not only does not, not bring out the full potential of that, but it, it, it disrupts our intent as far as EQ and the voice of the guitar. That is a project to get that down, and we hope to see that by the first of the year also. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That'll be something. Baritones are magic. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. should have one. Yeah, or two. Uh, <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> all right, well, that's that's all great introduction stuff. But That's, that's last not, week. <laughs> yeah, that's not what we're here necessarily to talk about this time. I think that uh, we wanted to talk about the, the new custom guitar options that came up on the website. Um, for you know those of us who don't have big expansive lives and spend a lot of our time looking at the web and looking at the Santa Cruz site dreaming about wonderful things uh, you've introduced a, a beautiful new level of guitar porn with all the beautiful woods and the inlays and, and everything that people can use to help design their custom guitar tell us a little bit more about about the changes that have happened there Okay, well there's um, two things I'm going to take out of your statement there, is new and changes. What we did here is we didn't do anything new or change anything, uh, but what our website did is pull back the curtain to let people see who we really are and what we truly do. Historically, uh, we have always been a custom shop in the sense that we uh, make instruments f with people that have all the components they want in function, uh, uh, neck shape, string spacing, the cosmetics of, uh, of a color, uh, shading, uh, choice of wood, but we also make guitars to fit people's particular preferences and needs in their playing style, just the same way you manipulate your sound system to get the sound that you want. But that is, a, that is hard to put into a marketing term, it's hard to promote, it's just who we were. So we go, we evolve over the last 43 years from having to make guitars that look just like a Martin or a Gibson or we would have died. Yeah. You know, nobody would have uh, paid any attention to us. And we chose to put the dangerous things on the inside of the innovation, the improvements in sound. As we evolved, we became more well-known for being able to do things that other companies couldn't. And we focused more and more on that because that was our demand. So we come into the last uh, decade, really, and we were making much more custom instruments for people and shops to display than we were making our standard models. And I would say in the last few years, it finally was at the place that our top dealers only got custom guitars. And by custom, I mean stuff that we together we engineered and designed to meet their needs. So with that being what we really do, we changed our offering and our catalog to let the players in on that. And as you saw, somebody can still get the Tony Rice, uh, the H13, uh, beloved instruments that we really brought into people's lives, and they come 
standard with the things that are most commonly asked for as you could call them upgrades or improvements. Adirondack spruce, uh, hide glue, uh, various cosmetic appointments at the same price. So there's no cost for those. So if you wanted to talk about the change, it would be this simple. We, we don't, we're not making dumbed down or simple guitars anymore. Everything we do is our best effort with the best sound. And the way the catalog set out is it makes it really easy for people to make individual choices, but we've motipulated them into getting a world-class spectacular instrument while we do that. So yeah, you, you've presented the... Is that the, credible? Did uh, I sound like yeah. a politician? <laughs> well, so what you've done is, is you've put the aesthetic choices into um, a more accessible form. I mean, just on the web, anybody can mm -hmm. look and see a lot of options that are That's available right. to them. But that used to be handled primarily by the dealers. So how did the dealers fit into this new arrangement? Is That's always been that way. Um, uh, we don't advertise this. But the truth is, when, when somebody, let's say, you know, the, the, a composite of a customer, uh, wants a custom guitar from us, the dealer uh, will give them access. We really have an invitation for people to call us directly. Because when we work with somebody to design a custom guitar, we're setting it up so we can guarantee the results. We can, we can make the proper recommendations for somebody's playing style. We also know when they might have some conflicting ideas or ideas that, that they, they've heard on the internet, but they're not gonna achieve what they want for sound. So uh, uh, Carolyn and I are both experts in that and working with the customer directly on that. Then when they make the sale, the trade-in, the negotiation with the dealer, they're guaranteed they'll get what they want. So how the dealer fits into this is it's a spectacular advantage. We do the work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we do the work on the custom stuff, and they know the customer is not only uh, uh, happy, but will be happy with the outcome. Right. So the paradigm that usually uh, dealers are up against is somebody going to so-and-so's custom shop, uh, paying a whole lot of money, and getting a guitar and going, oh, I didn't realize it was going to come out like this. Yeah. Or I was hoping, because they put all this effort to it, I'd get a good sounding one, and this isn't so great. Yeah. So in having the ability to control the sound to achieve consistency, we also have the ability to control the sound to achieve variations on that and always guarantee an excellent instrument. So we, we have really evolved our dealers over uh, decades and they're partners in this. Right. So the only blowback would be uh, the dealer that maybe goes back to the beginning with us, a store in uh, a less populous state or a less sophisticated uh, area of the country as far as when it comes to um, art uh, and design. They may have gotten two Sitka Spruce, Indian Rosewood, OMs and a Tony Rice in the year. And all they see when they look at our, our uh, uh, current catalog is like, oh dear, the prices went up. The prices didn't go up. Uh, we're making what we always made. We just stopped offering the uh, lesser versions. Got it. of it in there. So, um, you know, if you talk to some of those guys, they might tell you a completely different story well, about how they perceive this. But we're, we, as always, we're following the market demand within the parameters of sticking with our values of making the best guitars possible. Well, no dealer is going to have the experience with discussing with a customer what Santa Cruz can do in terms of tone 
and and playing style and, it's and rare. all those kinds of well okay it's rare but it does there exist, are probably yeah. a few but mm -hmm. I mean none of them are going to be as good as you or or Carolyn I would say um, so this just kind of puts you that much closer to really working immediately with your customer and, and getting making sure they get exactly what they're going to be happy with I mean thank you you know that's, that that makes a lot of sense but it just like I, I, I said, dare say it's the only place in the world uh, that a player can get this. You know, all companies have their custom shop, which is mostly cosmetic options right. uh, in that regard. And then there's, of course, the individual makers out there that uh, are all, just as varying in their degrees of, of quality of sound as the big companies are. But uh, they're not uh, able to respond in the amount of time and with the consistency that we can. Right. You know, some of the best well-known individual makers really aren't building an instrument to control the sound. So I don't want to get, that, that may be a little obscure, I don't want to yeah. defend that, but um, let me go back to the violin analogy. If you were first chair in a major symphony, you don't just take what you can get, right. you know. Uh, you, might, you might have on loan a Stradivari that is owned by an institution because they're so crazy expensive. Uh, but you want the best for what you can do. Yeah. And that is not a marketing statement for us. Uh, that's what we do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to belabor this, if you don't mind. That's fine. Let me learn a little further. When people buy a guitar from a known brand, uh, almost all known brands of any size, build guitars for a, for a chosen price target. Mm -hmm. And it may be really low to sell a million guitars a year, in the case of Yamaha, or it may be mid to high priced, uh, because that's what that company wants to develop a reputation for. But when you, any price target you have determines how much you pay for wood, what kind of labor uh, that you use, how much you pay, and how much time you put into it. And there's a point where you have to stop or you lose money on that. Um, as custom builders, our target isn't the price, it's the satisfaction of that one customer we're building the instrument right, for. Right. And we'll put everything they want in one guitar and then we'll charge what it takes to do it. Right. So uh, when people wonder what's the difference between handmade and factory made, that doesn't exist anymore. It really comes down to is your, is your builder building to a price target or is he building or she building to your satisfaction? So this, this just brings up when with your custom guitar options, you are known for having a number of artist model guitars. Mm -hmm. And so we'll assume, I'm, I'm going to assume until you explain to me that these are guitars that were working with you and the artist. You came up with a set of specifications or parameters or tonal goals, I'm not quite sure which, that satisfied that artist. What is the decision for it to become a signature guitar after it's built and you kind of sit down with them and play it and say, this is awesome, I think other people are going to love this, or uh, how, how does that happen? That's a beautiful assumption. In fact, I should probably just leave that alone. <laughs> but you know me, I can't. So let's, let's say this, uh, not to be uncharitable, because again, I tell you, I don't dismiss cheaper guitars and I don't dismiss whatever it takes within the, the uh, bounds of, of, of ethics, what it takes to make a living. So uh, company A that makes some um, uh, several hundred thousand guitars a year has an artist relations manager, representative, a personable person, that's really a, you know, a good salesperson. 
and uh, they have their Rolodex of managers and so forth. They build an instrument, they go to an artist uh, because they've, they have access, and they go to the artist and say, look, what do you think of this guitar? This guitar is gonna come along with six free guitars a year that you can use, throw away, or give to your friends. Uh, we're gonna be able to pay you X to uh, do these workshops, and life will be good. What do you say, sign here? Um, uh, good marketing, and it, and it gets things done, and it does sell guitars. Okay, so uh, us on the other hand, uh, we're, not that, we're not that brilliant in marketing. So it goes like this. Player comes to us and we discuss a custom guitar for them, for their needs. Uh, maybe they endorse a larger company, maybe they don't, doesn't matter. But what we do is we go the same process we go through with any customer to discuss uh, what they're looking for, let's hear what they want, and then we know their music, uh, we're gonna tell them how we can achieve that. And here I'm going to say for anybody that goes, oh God, I'd never do that because I have no idea what to ask for. I know that. Nobody has the vocabulary to talk about the sound components and so forth they want. But to me, it's really obvious when I see what somebody's already playing. There, there's 80% of what they need already. They're going to love that. So the artists, uh, we see what they like in the instrument they're currently playing. Uh, we talk about the simple things, the EQ. Somebody says, hey, if only I had more bass in this, or if only the bass wasn't so boomy. Okay, we've got the EQ checked off. Uh, we can go through the other point. When we finally come up with this design for the instrument, and I've asked the questions, I can guarantee we'll achieve that along with playability and cosmetics. So we get done with that instrument, and the player goes, hey, would you consider making a signature model for me? Or uh, we go, this guitar has such universal appeal, do you mind if we put your name on it? You know, and we have mutual friends that we've done this yep, with yep. Um, to great effect. So this, our signature models are uh, the side benefit or the result of making the custom guitar for the player. And, and with that, we both believe in it. So it's, ju it's just as you said, you know, okay. it's, it's, it's the reverse. It's the result of that. So for the player uh, that's intimidated by uh, talking about a custom guitar, it's just not difficult. And you can testify to that. Yeah, yeah. I know both the questions asked, the observations to make, that I can lead somebody into this. And, and remember, my motives also are their satisfaction. Mm -hmm. It's not to get a sale. This is a weird thing to say, but sales aren't our problem. Exactly. You know, um, thank God for Carolyn and her ability to get our, our story out uh, and keep things going. But I'm never, when I'm talking to somebody about a guitar, I'm never motivated by, boy, I hope get this sale. <laughs> you know, I don't get a commission. I don't get paid based on the guitars yeah. I sell. And, and none yeah. of your signature artists get any kind of uh, kickback or well uh, uh, no not in the traditional sense mm -hmm. of you know royalty or things like that right, however right. Uh, I you know I've heard me say this before I'm gonna say it again charity is something you do when nobody's looking right um, otherwise it's marketing so anything I do in regards to paying forward uh, charity is I just don't talk about it and some of our relationship with artists deal with uh, mutual causes and things like that so uh, without saying it, you get it. You yeah, know, we yeah. do work. We do work to the benefit of uh, people's favorite um, causes and things like that. It's not. It wouldn't be true to say no. We don't do. We don't give them right, anything right, back. Right, right. But but I'm going to say most of our artists. The reason they're involved in it is because 
it's a cool thing to do. Yeah. You know, well, and and it's, and, it, and they're doing a service for other people. Right. So most of our stuff are, are don't doesn't involve any yeah. transaction well, for I money. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you built them an absolutely mm -hmm. awesome guitar that yeah. that meets their needs so well. We're going to really reciprocate uh, for what they've done for us and looking for opportunities to advance their famosity, uh, whether we do a workshop or a presentation mm -hmm. or uh, maybe donate a guitar. So when you're building designing custom guitars, are there limits that you get to? I mean, have you ever had to say to somebody, you know, no, we're not going to build that. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, finish your Well, no, I mean, question. so I mean, I know it's come up before where somebody has, has said, like on the forum, you know, I want Santa Cruz to build me this Taylor model, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, why would they build a Taylor? Mm -hmm. I mean, just go buy a Taylor. But I mean, when somebody wants a Santa Cruz and they, they, you know, they say, okay, this is the basic model I want, but I want you to do X and Y and Z and I want to change this and I want to change that. Is there a point or have you had to say, you know, I'm sorry, but that that just isn't something that, that I'm interested in doing or I can't do or I don't want to do or I don't know. Let's see. Yes, yes, no, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm happy to give you, and of course I, I can't help but give you a little anecdotal support on this. Let's say this. I, I, luckily I learned really early on that I'm not going to buy every guitar we make. So my personal taste is not a deal breaker or a go no go thing here at all. My sense of design uh, is, you know, I'll advise somebody on something. They'll come up with some ideas, and I'll help them refine it so that the guitar is going to be pleasing to look at, right? Like a universal appeal. Mm -hmm. Again, doesn't have my taste, but a universal appeal. Uh, sometimes people in their imagination think something will work, and I know from my experience in training and design composition is like uh, 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 that's not going to be what you think let's let's modify that when it comes to uh the things that we just won't do i'll say i have a pretty simple guideline um uh we'll build guitars uh within the limitations of the laws of physics and good taste right okay. um uh if it if it's not going to work functionally or physically uh then no it's going to it's, it's going to uh, disappoint us both and if the if it's going to make a, a graphic statement uh, that's divisive uh no you know okay. uh you know you can make that statement someplace after try to convince them it's a stupid idea uh <laughs> or it's a divisive idea right uh the, the what, what comes down in reality is people have expectations based on what they've read on the internet that's yeah that's uh -huh. kind of what i was getting at. and if that's not if it's if it's got some truth in it, I can always help direct them, and we might incorporate in that guitar. Well, one thing for certain I know is I want Brazilian rosewood because I need that big bass that you get with Brazilian. Uh, I would like to point this out to you in the most kind way that Brazilian has nothing to do with bass. It has to do with a, a tone that can be either bright or dark, but the EQ, the bass versus treble, is something that will get by manipulating these right. woods. Yeah. So I'm never going to humor somebody say, sure, we'll do that. Someone comes in with, uh, with, a, with set ideas about building guitar, and they know what they're going to achieve with that, and that's that. Mm -hmm. right? that that's kind of what I'm <laughs> yeah. wondering. Is, and, is... and that's that. And this is exceedingly rare, but it does happen to mm -hmm. some degree. Somebody's, let's say, overconfident 
and, and what they're going to get. And they got it cut out the internet. They could have got it from a music teacher. They could have got it from an influential player. And I just know they're not going to get what they want. Or uh, we're not going to be represented out in the world well. Yeah. And, and those are the points that I'm going to send somebody someplace else. Okay. You know, uh, if it's just not going to work, I'll tell them so. Um, and maybe they'll be offended, maybe they won't. But you hit on one that's really important here. Somebody says, you know, I'm, I really want, and I'm not trying to be silly, I'm just trying to grasp for ideas. Somebody says, I really want a guitar that has um, a 12-string neck, a 6-string neck, and a mandolin neck, and I want it to be, uh, I want it to be thin for ergonomics, I want it to be an inch and a half thin, and I want it to have um, uh, these precious stones inlaid in the top. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them, great, but you don't need to pay us to do that uh, because what you're paying for with us is the guarantee of really sophisticated sound. And with that design, I can't, I can't get the sound that you want. It's much better to go to so-and-so and do it. Also, there's people that would specialize in uh, certain things, and they already do it, and their prices are way lower than ours. Go right. buy from them. Yeah. So when you mentioned... Uh, other brands. I mean, this isn't a boast. As custom builders, we could build somebody a Collings sound, yeah, you know, yeah. um, a, a super loud, um, clear, bright uh, guitar without a lot of complex overtones. Yeah. You know, sure, we can do that. But why? Yeah. You know, why pay us to um, uh, design, take the time to vary from what we're doing? Why don't you just go buy yeah, that guitar? Yeah. That'd be fine. So, again, there's no judgment on, on other brands and how they sound, but they're set up to do it yeah. uh, efficiently and so forth. That's just all I was wondering is that you get so much information or opinion, especially on the web these days, where people will say, oh, well, this style body sounds like this, and mm -hmm. this wood will give you that, and, you know, the number of frets will give you this or that and, and how right. often people come to you with this well i read on the web i want you know mm -hmm. this and this and this and this and it's going to sound like this well you know <laughs> what's what's really nice is that there's going to be some truth in there somewhere, somewhere. you know uh occasionally yeah. people totally make stuff up but it's rare yeah. you know they, they've got something they base it on and that's the nugget that i'm looking for where we'll have some commonality got you it. know you're right we could get you this with it with uh, by doing this and this uh, but let's not do that. And, uh, you know, God, there's a real good advantage to being older. Yeah. And I can't begin to tell you. Uh, as a younger builder uh, with no credibility, I couldn't, I, I, you know, people just walk away in uh, either disappointment or disgust. But people come to us because they want the expertise and they want the real answer. And that's usually the foundation we start with. Perfect. So what's important for me being of service to other people in building guitars is, again, I don't get stuck with my own personal taste or biases in this. That's not a fun experience. Right. So one of the keys to our success is the respect that really what the customer's after is the thrill of acquisition. And you've heard me say this before. Mm -hmm. They want it before the guitar is built, during the build, and after the build. And that is, uh, uh, that's what makes us happy, to yeah. have that kind of deference. Uh, that's going to require that they get what they want. That's great. So Works so far. Yeah, yeah. Check, check I mean, 43 years so again, we'll see. We were just talking about uh, um, some of your signature artists, and you have a trip 
scheduled shortly with Mr. Eric Skye, who uh, provided our intro music. I'm a lucky guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how often do you go off and do these things? And, and um, you know, we we're a shop of, uh, uh, and we hover around 20 people uh, from administration to to building, and that means uh, a lot of us wear a lot of hats to do. I could be here uh, working with Carolyn on. Um, uh, customer relations, uh, promotion, uh, wood buying. I could work full time in, in the shop uh, managing uh, people and their expectations. I could work full time on the road or, and I could go to festivals full time. We just can't do it all. Yeah, yeah. You know, we just can't do it all. And I'm, I'm looking uh, as much for opportunities coming up as strategically planning out ahead. No, I don't do that a lot. Okay. I'd like to do it more. Um, it sounds uh, like, and I, I've done. I, you know, I've been through Europe with a, a few people. I've been in uh, regionally in different parts of the United States, and that's really rewarding. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to Chicago Music Exchange, which is a beautiful uh, store. You know, nice selection, gorgeous place to sit and play guitars. Yeah. And here's what Eric and I do. Eric, for people that aren't familiar with his music, is a really gifted player, a very accomplished finger style uh, jazz player, um, but he also, uh, uh, he could kick ass in uh, uh, playing uh, blues or the Bakersfield sound oh. if you, if you, uh, yeah, you uh, put him to it. Um, uh, you know, he played five classical five hours a day when we were uh, run jumping and playing as kids, and he's really got his stuff. So what, what we have in common here is Eric is a player can give a, a master class presentation is playing. And, and the, just to distill the message down, it would be this. If you practice, 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 you can get your chord shapes uh, in, in, in genetic memory. Uh, just like breathing or walking, you can go to your chord shapes and, and all the variations you know, all over the fingerboard. And with that foundation, you can begin to improvise, explore. You can get really far out there and, and without any effort, get right back home again. Yeah. So that means there's a, an integrated relationship in everything you do, and it's logical to the listener, you know? It's innovative, it's edgy, it makes you think, but it, is, but it works. And he can play it the same way twice. Yeah. Okay. No, I, it, you, I can't think of another musician who I think is more tightly integrated with his instrument mm -hmm. than Eric. There's it's, few. Uh, I'm sure there are, but yeah. he's there, the only one who stayed at my few. house overnight. So um, That's great. <laughs> well, I, I, I talk about players that you could kick out of an airplane with a parachute anywhere in the world, and they could land and start jamming with the natives right away, yeah. you know, okay. uh, uh, no matter what their time signature and their modality was. But uh, So let's, let's relate this. Eric's skill to do this with, with what we do as custom builders. So 43 years of Santa Cruz Guitar Company, and... Uh, half a decade on my own and with a background in the classics in violin building I know how to get what I want out of a guitar and I can, can nail the traditional uh, sounds of guitar uh, the nuance and also the things that are the universal appeal rich full colorful uh, sound uh, and great sustain so knowing how to do that in my sleep I can also make variations in that to satisfy a customer's wishes and I can really get it complex, and I can really get out there, but it's all cohesive, and it all works together. You know, you can do a lot, you can make 
guitars look really unique and bizarre, uh, but can you get the sound that you want and could you do it again? Right? Well, and, so you see the parallel between yeah. our, our, two, our two arts here? Absolutely. And that's really what the, this workshop is built around for, because it helps people to understand something that's otherwise kind of difficult simply because every company uses the same words to describe right. their guitar. Rich, full, complex, handmade, um, uh, gotta have it, you won't get a girlfriend without it, <laughs> you know? And uh, so people are kind of numb to verbiage about instruments. But this really helps people understand what we do. No, no, the two of you together just would, would be a tremendous way for people to, to really understand the nuances of really high quality luthiery and musicianship. I mean, it just, it puts the two together just perfectly. Yeah, and he, he's such, he's, he's so such nice cool guy. to watch. Yeah, You know, uh, that's the selfish part of it. I get to go uh, hang and travel with Eric. Eric runs really deep and uh, we're never at a loss for uh, problems, uh, world problems to solve. Yeah, we'll have a gas. There are, I'm sure, a number of perks with your uh, uh, choice of career, and, and if this is one of the better ones, I certainly oh, would understand yeah. that. That's uh, right up there. That's really and, true. And this also kind of leads into, um, we have uh, uh, our first attempt at a, um, well, we want to call it a call-in question, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, we'll, we'll get the, uh, um, yeah. the uh, call-in part of the evening going here right now. Hi Richard, this is Hank in Bonita Springs uh, on the sunny Gulf Coast of Florida. Um, wanted to let you know that I've owned uh, six of your guitars over the years. Currently have four in the Ramuda. Uh, I play them every day and uh, they bring me great, great personal pleasure. I was wondering why you say you got most of your training in the construction of guitars from studying violins. I was wondering why the violin rather than a classical guitar, it would seem that they would be a closer cousin to, uh, to what you wanted to build than a violin. Anyway, look forward to your answer and uh, thanks very much and fair winds. So you were talking about all your, uh, how you gained your experience and how you have this expertise and, and so is that basis in your violin training? That sounds like bling, but. So that's, that's well put. The reason I talk about this is uh, shamelessly for credibility, <laughs> not because I'm trying to convince something, uh, people of something that isn't, but rather that they know that what I'm saying is not my opinion, right? We can go on the internet and we can get opinions till we run screaming out of the room. Right. So people don't need more opinions. What people need is accurate information uh, that comes from a solid basis and that could be a uh, recognized experience, but better is a tradition that is uh, respected and recognized. One thing that is, was an awesome discovery for me is that one person doesn't discover this stuff. It, it's a progression of people uh, through millennia that add to the knowledge uh, that, that gives us the violin or the modern classical guitar or whatever it is, or technology with that. The steel string guitar has been around for 100 years, yeah, something, sure. something yeah. like that. And truly, it was always a pretty much a mass appeal thing. It was made in factories for the most part. And the secret of, of its sellability is it's loud, you know? Um, I've, I've mentioned that before, one of my uh, favorite Asian 
mass manufacturers that said, thank goodness we don't have to do everything you do because uh, we don't have to worry about the sound marketing. I'll take care of the rest because the steel string's loud enough. So let's go back to the violin tradition. Violin comes from the first person that found that boingy, stretchy thing on a deer that if you tie it to a stick, um, it, w it, it, was, it was interesting. And the, and, and the next person, instead of just sitting there with their tongue hanging out, boinging, 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 figured out if you would um, stretch the stick, you could get these different sounds and you could put them together pleasingly or unpleasingly, you put them together pleasingly and you attract the girl, right? <laughs> so the next guy comes along and, and uh, sets it down on the gourd shell, you know, that he just was there and wow, that made it louder, okay? Ten minutes later, we have the modern violin, you know, here. So that tradition is got to the point that people took it deadly seriously as they do today the violin is a really sophisticated instrument incredibly efficient that the information that comes from from that is applicable to guitars so here's the real reason it sounds like that's really thoughtful and i really figured that out um, and anybody that's uh, suffered my story would know this when i decided i wanted to build a guitar there was nothing out there. There weren't any schools, there weren't any books, videos hadn't been invented yet, and I'd never heard of somebody making their own guitar. Now, all that could have existed. It's just, you know, I, I grew up pretty provincial and, and uh, it wasn't available to me. So I took my first guitar apart, trying to figure that out, and my mother, who was the uh, Google of the day, the search engine before computers came out, was a, a really well-respected reference librarian and she said well let's find the books that show you how to put that back together and there wasn't anything but there was a lot a lot of stuff in print on the violin and it was speculative because those guys kept secrets to the death right um, but there was diaries reviews uh, uh, notes and, and that kind of thing and that's all I had to start with and so I did and that's the stuff I took to put into my uh, first guitars and by the time I realized steel string guitars didn't need that, I was already stuck, you know, in that, which turns out to be our advantage in the marketplace today. Mm -hmm. So this statement is interesting. Most people don't make guitars with any control of the sound. Uh, they put together components that are made to accurate dimensions so they have efficient manufacturing and you can control the price. And the guitar is loud enough that you can sell it. But to make a guitar in the style of the violin, you can control those elements of sound that you do on your sound system with knobs and sliders, uh, EQ, volume, tone, etc. And those are all personal choices. There's no right or wrong. But what everybody's looking for is sustain and complexity of overtones. And they'll go from store to store playing the same brand, the same model, looking for the good one. Uh, the reason there is a good one is it just happened that all those components came together uh, with a combination of frequencies that were in harmony that allowed it to sing and develop overtones. The violin tradition, you do that on purpose, and that's what we do. Was, that, could you, I was that, trying to really condense that down into that, a statement. So uh, it's, 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 a, it's a byproduct of necessity. Mother, mm -hmm. <laughs> necessity is a mother. Uh, I read the violin making, and then I thought, and I thought, and I thought about it. And today, I still come up with things where I go, oh, that's what they were doing in a violin. 
I gave a, a really, really well-respected uh, technician maker uh, a tour here in recent memory, and he went, oh, I get it. Nobody's ever explained it so clearly. Uh, he said, how did you figure that out? And I gave him the answer I did with you with the violin. Uh, I said, but they wouldn't tell me. They just gave me hints. So I thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. And that's what we do today. So for Hank, um, uh, you know, uh, such an evocative question. So I, I really ran with that. But there's your answer. I started with the violin tradition out of necessity, and then I embraced it as, as a necessity in making good guitars. That sounds wonderful, yeah. yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Well, it, It's hard to explain. Well, I, especially if you try to put that in a couple of lines. For but a, it it makes a lot of sense. It's, 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 you're looking at a, a tradition that's hundreds of years old, which means that... If uh, not millennia. If yeah, not millennia, yeah. yeah. But, but uh -huh. I mean, the, the, the fairly modern violin has not changed in its design or its style or its shape or its function for hundreds of years, yet you've had all these people working so hard to make it better and better and better. That's right. It's, a, it's amazing yeah. uh, what we can do as a team. Or in this case, they weren't a team, but they, they learned from each other. Yeah, uh, from what I read, my, you know, I'm really attached to the school of Amati, where, where uh, Stradivarius and Guanari came from. And Amati, uh, you know, there's a few of those guys too. Nikolai, I think, is mm -hmm. the one that is credited with the modern violin. Mm -hmm. And that's after millennia of putting strings on sticks and gourds. And then you're right, everybody goes, that's the standard. Yeah. Torres is the guy with the violin. Um, and uh, this is uh, not only the tradition, uh, but the legacy I follow. And so what we do isn't my brilliant idea. We stand on the shoulders of giants with that. And it takes time. Yeah. And, well, it, and it knocks us out of the target price range that most people build in. Well, and for anybody who wants to complain about the price of a guitar, thank God we don't have to buy a bow to play it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And be glad you don't have to hire your guitar mechanic or your electrician to make it. That would really increase the right, price. Right, right. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think what we've come up with here today is a concept of just really custom guitar. Cool. I mean... More than just color or yeah, uh, everything, stickers. Everything, everything uh -huh. has really kind of come together along that line. Um, I, I really appreciate your time. And, uh, and we want to thank... Um, Hank for sending in yeah, a yeah. question and, and encourage anybody else who would like to have their question heard on our next podcast to, to send it in. Uh, we want to encourage everybody to go to the Santa Cruz Guitar Player Forum website, scgpf.com. If anybody's like me, you got to go check out all the new custom option pictures that they've put up on the Santa Cruz Guitar Company. Site. At last. <laughs> oh, gorgeous, just gorgeous. Want to thank Mr. Newman here for operating the headphones so efficiently. We got to thank Mr. Hoover for uh, his time and expertise to share with us all. And we thank all of you for listening to us. See you in a month. Thank you, boss. Hey. Right. Thank you for joining us on the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Please spread the word to other guitar players who you think would enjoy listening. Remember to check the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum site for more information about the topics we discussed as well as to get the links to the artist reference today. You can also make suggestions for future podcasts or submit questions that we might pose to Richard Hoover and his team. 
The Santa Cruz Coffee Break is a special project by members of the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum and is solely the opinion of those speaking. The Santa Cruz Coffee Break is hosted, produced, and engineered by the Tadman Group. Keep on playing and come back next month.